Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Speaking to Saffron on this lovely warm Friday, the 13th of November in Gauteng. This morning, I am very privileged and very delighted to introduce you all to the founder of Eureka Digital Transformation and Product Management Services, Matthew Haswell. Thank you so much, Matthew, for joining us this morning. It's been such a pleasure working with you the whole year. You are so incredibly knowledgeable about the online learning space, digital disruption. And for those of you who are listening, that's because Matthew has got a BA in social science and psychology and, and organizational and neuropsychological master's degree in behavioral medicine, which I think is completely fascinating. And Matthew, I definitely want to ask you about that during the course of this interview. Matthew's also had extensive experience in senior leadership um, positions in large corporations in South Africa. His roles in communication, marketing, culture, learning and development, online learning, of course, have positioned him extremely well to be the founding member of Eureka. And Matthew, you've got a funny story about how you came to the name Eureka. Can you maybe start by sharing us with us that funny story? I think it gives a, a lovely insight into a little bit about you and, and you your, your way of being. I have loved working with you because I love your, your kind of quirky way of seeing the world, but also, and, and this is really why I wanted to interview you today, I think you have an amazing appreciation for bringing together the human behavioral element and then technology. I think this is something that's very special about you, Matthew. So thank you for being here. Tell us a little about Eureka, and then I'd love to talk to you about how online learning is so disruptive for all of us. Welcome. Thanks, Afran. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me on, on Friday the 13th, actually. Um, and thanks so much for the introduction. Um, yeah, the, the, the name Eureka is obviously, most people know, that is your aha moment, you know, that, wow, I finally get that concept. But unfortunately, when I was starting the business, uh, the spelling of Eureka was taken online. So I was adamant I had to have a .com and it wasn't available. So I had to get creative. And uh, I looked at the shorthand of the word your being Y-R and I got creative with the spelling. And so it's actually spelt in a strange way, but it is Eureka. Um, and the idea for it was really just to help people through the intersection of how we behave as consumers or how we behave as employees or fundamentally as human beings online. And so I live in that world between what happens with tech and what we do with tech. And it just happens that we live in times where the tech of today is digital. Um, and, and that's a space that I really love. So we focus on doing a bit of consulting work um, on supporting in terms of developing new products and helping to launch new products into a market. Um, and as you shared, I've obviously got a very big passion in learning. I'm very fascinated by how people tick. And um, hence, we've also built a learning, learning platform. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to jumping straight in and, and chatting some more. Yeah, great, thank you. Yeah, and um, you know, you speak about this eureka moment, this aha moment, it resonates so much with me, Matthew, because for a while, but certainly when COVID hit and accelerated our whole world into something else and something different, 
definitely my big aha moment having been a teacher for 22 years now and very passionate about learning and education and teaching etc my big eureka moment was that if i were wanted to stay relevant in the world of learning i had to go online and as you know that was not something i felt comfortable with at all it totally disrupted my world. It was not something I had any idea about. When I started, I didn't even know what a learning management system was, which is strange because I've been in training and teaching for 22 years. Um, and I was incredibly daunted by it. Honestly, I had no way, no, I had no idea where to begin. But what I so this, but but out of this disruption and this discomfort, what I've learned is that actually. I think that my personal mastery program is actually better online because in putting it online and into a learning management system, what it forced me to do was to focus what I'd been teaching for 20 years and to really look at why, why was I giving people these activities? Were they still relevant? Were they still the best activities that I could give them. And very importantly, I think what putting my material online has done for me is it's allowed me to really structure and modulate my the information that I provide to my corporate and, um, and other customers online. And this is something that I've really loved about um, going online. But you and I have spoken often, it is disruptive, and it's incredibly scary. And most people don't really know how to do it. They really don't know where to begin. And you've helped me enormously in my journey getting online. Um, and I'd like you to just perhaps share with us what how you respond to that, having had a lot of experience in this space. How do we help people get online? Because it's my absolute belief that if you are not now online, particularly as a facilitator, educator, etc. I don't know what the future is for you. How would you respond to that? I think the first thing just to share is that I've also done facilitating, I've you know done speaking and that sort of thing. So I get that. You know, I wasn't a teacher in a school, but certainly at a training level. And I think um, what's important to understand is that it's not going to be comfortable. Um, and I think it's as that saying goes, it's not change that, that is painful, it's the resistance to change. And as human beings, we don't like change, but it's inevitable. Um, for me, what's really, really interesting to look at is how you bring digital to the core of your thinking, even if it's completely foreign to you. And I would encourage anyone to look at it as if they ran a tech business, which again, may sound worlds apart from what you've always known, particularly if you're in the learning space or you've had classroom training all your life, or that's predominantly your mode of delivery. Um, even if it isn't, um, I think with what's happened with COVID, it's, it's accelerated the need to be remote, the need to have an online offering that can also scale, whether it's a B2B model uh, with your existing client base, or you're looking to start selling your courses in a B2C model online. What I'd encourage you to do is think about it as if you were a tech startup. And if you think of it in those terms, there's something called an MVP, which is your minimum viable product. Okay, so think about what is it that I wanna offer my clients? What is it that I wanna offer my customers? 
even if you're working off a zero base, as, as you had, Saffron, I remember those conversations very clearly, um, and the fear, and the, where do I start? I'm very comfortable in what I know. I can get up in front of people. I can deliver what I love and I'm passionate about. But now you're asking me to put that into a structure that I've never, ever tried to do before. And naturally, you want it to represent you and your business, and you want it to be perfect. Tech doesn't work that way. So your MVP is maybe a 60 or 70% of your ideal. It's not going to be your grand vision or your Rolls Royce, but it gets you out the starting box. So that would be the first point I'd say is think in those terms. Understand that you will have to improve it down the line or iterate. So if I can use you as an example, Saffron, you did a lot of training videos and you'll probably look back on those, probably you already have, and think I'm so proud of how well I've done, but well, I can do this really, really well now, you know, maybe in a year's time, because naturally you develop new skills. Um, so that, that's just the first thing is think like a, a tech startup, get it out, get some feedback, get users telling you, sorry, just a side note, I don't like that word users, uh, because it makes you sound like you're addicted to something. It's only other, I wouldn't even say industry, but addicts are users or people that are involved with tech. So let's say your learners, your learners or your customers um, are actually consuming what you have to offer and will get them over time. The other thing that could be very fearful is that there's so much out there nowadays. You know, we live in the information age, and so where do I start? You know, what, what platform should I use? What is a learning management system? Um, what models of delivery are there? Um, you know, I gave a talk not too long ago on this, and there's a taxonomy now that somebody's developed of all the different types of learning platforms that exist globally. And so that can be very overwhelming. Again, I would encourage you just to start. If you need to re-platform down the line, so be it. Um, you know, if you don't take that one step forward, you're not going to get to where you want to go. Um, the other big barrier to entry is content creation. And I think apprehension around not knowing how to develop digital content. There are so many free applications out there today and so many free tools that you can use that you really don't have to be fearful. And they've been developed to make content creation really easy and simple. I'll give you a very quick example. If you use the latest version of PowerPoint and you screen record your presentation on PowerPoint, it becomes a how-to video. So if you've got existing presentations that you use for your classroom-based training, record it in real time, teach your laptop, which is strange in the beginning, and then you find your feet, and then upload it into a platform that could be delivered. So there are quick wins. Uh, there's lots of screen recording software out there. There's lots of free video libraries that you can use, uh, lots of free image libraries that will just enhance the engagement of your content. And then there are many, many no-code solutions. No-code meaning that you don't have to be technical at all, um, and you can actually just create a free account in most cases. And you can generate presentations or animations or videos that become learning content. So I think think like it's an MVP. Um, don't be overwhelmed by all the options out there. Do the best you can to try and just you know make a call when you're doing your due diligence and look for the freebies that exist because they are there. And then iterate on that down the line. I think those are just three quick points that I'd highlight. Um, and yeah, the other thing is, as you've experienced, Saffron, is it's a business. So depending on who you are, um, if you're in a corporate space and you're looking for a learning management system, it might be a slightly different uh, conversation. But if you are a training company and you're needing to offer 
courses or a syllabus or a curriculum online, you've got to then think about it as a separate business unit or potentially even look at it as your new business offering where it may at some point, if you had to plot it on a graph, hypothetically, it may actually just overtake your current mode of delivery and become the core of what you do. And I'm excited to see that happen for you. So Fran, now that you've done all the groundwork you've done and you've got some stuff ready, um, hopefully as things kick on in the new year, you'll be able to actually scale these, which is very exciting. And geography doesn't matter anymore. So yeah, that would be a few pointers that I'll share. I am so happy, so delighted, and so incredibly excited about what 2021 and the future holds for me. Because as you say, I now have an opportunity to totally scale up my business like I've never had before. And that's exactly what I intend to do. Matthew, I would like to know from you, however, this notion of content development, I mean, Obviously, as the facilitator and the owner of my personal mastery program now, I had to develop all the content. And when I started, I was like, ah, that's going to be a walk in the park. I've been teaching for 20 years. I've got like 20 years of content. What um, unfolded, however, was something very, very different. And in particular, these instructor-led videos, as you've just um, alluded to, and yes, you are right. I already look at some of the ones I did at first and think, okay, I've got to redo those. And I think that it's going to be an ongoing scenario where I'm up updating the videos all the time. So what occurs to me though, is that I'm very lucky because I've got a background in acting and voiceovers. I've been on film sets uh, all my life. I went to the art school, I studied film and drama. But for those of us who have not had that background, what would you say is the best way to go forward? I mean, in the, in the beginning of this journey with you, we spoke a lot about the importance of video as an instruction modality online. And I agree, I mean, I think that the trend is definitely video as opposed to reading through wads of textbook style information. Would you agree with that, Matthew, in terms of the online space? Yes, definitely. I think the upward trend is definitely towards, it's been that like that for a while actually in terms of, of video content. Um, I think you've also got to look at what's been trending quite a lot is learning in the flow. So you'll probably find a lot of um, solutions going forward, a lot of platforms or products, will, you'll start to see that they'll embed little learning uh, snacks. That's just how I like to think of it. So it's snackable, short little sharp nuggets that are actually teaching you something in the flow of work. So if you have to use something that's process driven, um, and you're engaging and you're logged in and you're working with it, there could be little pop-ups or a little video that plays or a quick little survey. Um, and there are actually products out there now that integrate with existing platforms to do that. Um, for example, when you first log into quite a complex system, hypothetically, you may have little pop-ups, those onboarding tool tips that tell you what to do. As you, we've experienced that with, with your platform, Stefan, that could be considered work, uh, learning in the flow of work. So as you do your day-to-day -day job, you're actually being taught and you're being educated. I think when you think of a traditional LMS model, it is very much about, um, it was still trying to mimic the structure of what you do in a classroom or a training room. And I think as it's progressed and things have evolved, we've started to learn that it's more about engagement online. So, you know, reading is a challenge, 
because it takes time. Um, and I think that's, we sort of spiraling down towards the bottom of the, the, the brainstem and we can go off on a tangent child, which I don't want to do. Um, but it's all about engagement. You know, we constantly being bombarded with so many distractions that you have to make sure that you keep your content engaging. So my advice to anyone that's starting out with it is keep it really, really short and sharp. Um, if you have video content, some quick pointers. If you speak for, if you say 500 words, on average, it's about five minutes, generally. If you say 150 words, that's generally about a minute to a minute and a half, depending on how you talk and your cadence. So just to give you an idea, best practice would say that videos, uh, video lessons should be less than five minutes, um, but there's no hard and fast rule. Um, what I would definitely encourage you to do is to try and read up on what's going on with the attention economy. Um, there's, you know, there's a documentary at the moment on Netflix, uh, you know, that's become very popular on the social dilemma. I think that could be really interesting to get your head around uh, because the way people interact online is very instantaneous. Um, if we get bored, we disengage. So if you're offering content, I'll give you an example. Saffron, when you were developing your course structure, we chatted about the idea of having, for example, a one hour video or breaking that down into five minute chunks. Obviously it's gonna be far more engaging for me as a busy individual to just watch you for five minutes and when I have the opportunity to re-engage. So there are lots of different methodologies. There's lots of tactics you can look at, but to get going, um, I always just start to think, keep it simple, stupid in the beginning, get your content out. And once you find your feet with how things work online, you start to just tweak over time. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the things that I really love about what you've just said, Matthew, is this word engagement. Learning, I have always believed, needs to be engaging and ongoing and blended and almost like integrated into your life. Even when I was a high school teacher 16 years ago, my mission was to say to my students, I don't want you to have to study furiously at the end of the year so that you cram everything that I've taught you into your head and then just regurgitate it in the exam. I love the notion that online learning can, can just become this part of our life, this learn, learning snacking, if you, if, as you've described it, um, and, and allowing people to, you know, almost stand in the queue in the supermarket or while they're waiting for petrol or whatever, to, to then just quickly go on and, and have a look and take a minute. And, and that for me becomes an incredibly powerful way to actually integrate learning. My biggest question to you is for people who are not perhaps comfortable in front of the camera, um, doing their own instructor-led videos, what suggestion would you have for people like that to just get going? Because I hear you, we've got to just start somewhere on this brand new journey for us facilitators. And I'm speaking specifically to entrepreneurs, um, other facilitators, people who perhaps have a product that they feel they now could teach online or a service perhaps, or even an experience that they feel they could package and now put online as a learning offering. What suggestion, what alternatives do people have if they're not comfortable in front of the camera? Okay, I'll come back to that because I wanna start by saying, get comfortable without being okay. too, um, direct and the reason I'm saying that is because there's such a big opportunity right now 
and every single person has got something you need to share. Um, and that's where there's been a big shift. So you have some knowledge, some experience that is incredibly valuable that somebody wants to hear about. What we're doing right now will be incredibly valuable to somebody because we're doing it in our way and someone could connect with it. So, I mean, I'm always on podcasts. I walk around in public with these on and I'm standing in a queue at a bank and people look at me like I'm a bit strange and I really don't care because I'm learning. Um, and I've connected with people that have been brave enough to put themselves out there. And today, learning is not commodity. It's been completely commoditized. So I would like to encourage everyone, if you're an entrepreneur or if you run a small training business, if that's who's listening, to consider how valuable your contribution can be, that your unique experience and the way you deliver what you deliver is incredibly valuable and it should be shared. And it is a very specific commodity. Um, if you are very camera shy or you don't want to put yourself out there or you just don't have the time or budget, then what I would recommend is looking for alternatives. There are so many different um, ways to generate content nowadays. For example, a podcast with no um, visual, you know, where you could do Q&As, or you could read over some of your existing learning manuals or content as if it's a, a guided um, reading, for example. Save that as an MP3 file and then upload it on a platform that supports that. Um, you could also get quite creative with learning manuals or presentations and make them very graphically engaging. So get a bit more conceptual. So if you want to convey a concept, um, there's so many libraries that are out there. Um, and commercially, you can use the imagery to convey a concept, short, sharp, deliver, and then move on to the next lesson. Um, How-to videos are also a really good place to start, and I'd encourage you to consider that. Um, again, I used PowerPoint earlier as an example. There are other options to look at, but in that way, they're hearing your voice, they're seeing your presentation, and you don't really have to be presenting until you are comfortable to do that. Um, reading is still an option. Of course, it's still out there. And I would also, I would ask you to think about what platform you want to use, because engagement is not just about the content. It's about the overall user experience, and it's also about how you assess for the knowledge, because if it's just content um, alone, I'm just consuming. You're not asking me to interact in any way. So the more interactive you can make the experience, the better. And that could help you if you feel that your content is not very strong. Um, just another point that came to mind, Saffron, is you know, why not collaborate? You know, why not ask someone that presents very well to get involved, um, potentially? You know, there's, there's no need to do it all yourself. There's also so many incredible resources out there that you can leverage. Uh, a lot of people think learning is all about me creating, and it should be to an extent, but in marketing terms, you talk about content curation and content creation. So, you know, you don't, you don't find that, you know, brands are creating these amazing articles every, every day or every week. They share a really interesting article on something. So think about that as well. That could supplement your learning. Um, again, I'm just talking more into the space of if you want to put yourself out there and sell your content. Um, yeah, so learning, very engaging, but it's not just video. So that, that is um, the only way of delivering. Um, yeah. Yeah, Matthew, I think that's incredibly helpful. And thank you for that. Because I know that when I speak to some of my colleagues who are professional speakers, trainers, got their own small businesses, this seems to be the big fear, the stumbling block. So 
that was why I wanted to ask that question. And I really thank you for that, because I think you've given our listeners some really powerful alternatives to think about whilst they get comfortable with presenting, because I agree with you, at some point, everybody's going to have to get comfortable with being online. And if that's not even just if you're getting onto an LMS and being a, an instructor-led videoer, I think even just presenting and having meetings and running meetings and doing presentations on Zoom has been stressful for people. So it's, it's, it's that same sort of principle. So I can't believe it's already um, the end of the interview. I said to you, it does fly. But what I hope the listeners have, have received from today is a lot of wisdom and certainly some amazing practical tips from Matthew Haswell, the co-founder and owner of Eureka. And Eureka, as you can hear, is all about how to get people online, providing learning management systems for people. And Matthew has unbelievable knowledge and insight into how we can do that. I like to just um, sort of um, summarize perhaps our conversation for the listeners by saying that one of the things that I know from studying social behavior for 25 years is that the biggest disruptor, one of the biggest disruptors throughout history of social behavior has been our relationship to information. And Matthew just said something very powerful. You know, we are all, all of us have something, a knowledge, skill, experience, something that we can actually now package and put online as a learning experience, even if we've never done it before. And if you are listening, and if this is relevant for you, I would really encourage you to think about getting online and teaching online. It is the fastest growing trillion dollar industry at the moment, as I understand. It is completely exploding, as Matthew alluded to, because of COVID and because we now realize that we can actually conduct most of our business and learning online. And also because Generation Y have always known this. This is very comfortable for them. They've been saying this for years and they are the biggest population group in the world going forward. Like that's your market and of course other generations. So if you are listening and if you're thinking about what it is that you can do, what it is that you know, what it is that you have experience in and how you can package it, I would really encourage you to also tune in on the 27th of November, where I will be speaking specifically about how we can package our information to get it out there and get it online. But like, I'd just like to summarize what Matthew has said in terms of the behavior and our behavior. I would encourage you to push through your fear, get online, start somewhere, and just see what you can achieve, what you can do. Matthew's told you a little bit about some free things that you can get into to help you, the use of PowerPoint in your classroom-led learning that you're already familiar with. How can you just get that into a package that you can now sell online? Because as, as Matthew said at the very beginning of this uh, conversation, it's this resistance to the change that is actually the scariest thing. Once you're in it, once you're doing it, once you've pushed through that resistance and fear, 
I can absolutely say from my own experience, getting online and doing it in a partnership with somebody like Matthew, who's already got huge experience in this space, can be life-changing, unbelievably powerful, and really, I think, very, very necessary now. Because if you're not online, I worry that perhaps you may get left behind. So look for the quick wins, as Matthew has said, push through your fear of getting, you know, becoming a presenter yourself, look for alternatives, think about the, the snacking, the learning snacking, those small bite-sized pieces, this is the trend, and again, remember, people are visual, people like that surprise element, because that's the world we live in, we live in a visual world. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you, Matthew, for being our guest today. And uh, I'd just like to end by offering Matthew an opportunity to close today's conversation with whatever it is you'd like to say. Thank you, Matthew. Thanks very much, Saffron. And uh, yeah, to whoever, whoever's listening in, I uh, hope it's been informative. I've definitely enjoyed it. I always love our conversation, Saffron. Um, I think they tend to go go on for too long. Um, but I think what I'd like to leave everyone with is thinking about exponential growth. So I think that should be what drives you as opposed to the fear of getting started. Start small, um, start with a free trial of a platform that you found. There, there are lots out there. Uh, you know, I didn't actually mention some, so maybe just add a little bit more value. If you look at free video libraries, um, Bizme is a, a really great tool. There's video boxes out there for videos. Um, Shopify has got an entire library that you can use called burst.shopify for free. Pixabay is another one, top of mind, to make your content more engaging. Um, but what I encourage you to do is just get started. Just start. Get your friends and family together, if that's the case. Develop a short course. Make five lessons of a minute each. Ask them to log in or go to whatever it is, however you're deploying it, and give you some initial feedback. You'll learn so much, you'll get over your fear, and before you know it, you'll have 100 courses on offer. Um, and then it gets exciting. So don't think of it in a linear fashion. Think about exponentially what you can start to do, and by extension, where things could go. So I think for you, Saffron, that's what's coming, which I'm excited about. I think in the new year, that, that's hopefully where things go. And I just want to yeah, end by thank you so much for having me. And, uh, Whoever's out there and getting started with this journey, or if you're already along, along the road, I uh, hope everything goes well and good luck with everything. Oh, thank you, Matthew. And thank you for your generous time today. And of course, all your valuable, valuable insights. And I hope that you and everybody listening has a phenomenal weekend. Thank you for tuning in to Speaking to Saffron. Goodbye. <laughs>